You are listening to the Woman in the Word podcast. As always, I hope that you enjoy and I pray that this talk blesses you. Speak soon. Hello and welcome back to the Woman and the Word podcast. My name is Brie Antonia and you are listening to episode three of season two. Now I'm going to jump straight into it because I'm so excited to share this message with you all and I basically I'm going to do what I said last week which is share my sermon with you because it felt like a a nice continuation of what God was already putting in my heart about Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. So let's get into it. So remember, in the last episode, I spoke about the fact that I was a plant mum and I had five plant babies. And though it started off great, I became a terrible parent, a terrible plant parent, I should say. So, you know, while that was happening over the course of 2020, God was also leading me to Jeremiah 17, verse seven to eight, which reads, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, this is a total word for 2020. And I I slightly touched upon it in the last episode. You know, even in lockdown, even under restrictions, even in a pandemic, like we as Christians, our leaves can remain green. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We can continue to bear fruit if we trust and have confidence in our God. Amen. Huge. Love it. But I felt like there was still more to this lesson that God wanted to teach me. There was an even bigger message here. And and that's what I want to focus on today. See, when I was killing my poor little babies, um, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that the water that I was watering them with was bad and it wasn't that the sunlight I was exposing them to was too harsh or anything like that. It was me, you know, it was it was me. I was the reason they were malnourished and dying and withering away. Um, and it spoke to my character. You know, I, I definitely did mention this in the last episode. It was a complete display of where my priorities were. I was an inadequate provider for, for them. You know, they they were not my priority and I wasn't thinking about their needs. I wasn't even concerned about whether they were watered or not. <laughs> she was living her life. But I realised that it was a reflection of me. I was an ina- inadequate provider. And then my mum told me... Um, again said it last week that you know plants have different needs and that you have to look at their specific needs and and attend to them um and that's how you keep them alive you can't just have this blanket treatment for all of them um you also can't forget about them which i did (laughs) you've got to look at their needs and you know because the bible likens us to trees and plants you know all throughout the word it made me think about us the church christians but it also made me think about god and particularly the character of god because the same way that my plant's leaves dying and, and, you know, them going brown spoke to my character, our leaves remaining green and bearing fruit speaks to God's character. You know, and better yet, it speaks to his name, Jehovah Jireh. You know, I was an inadequate provider for my plants and their well-being had to show for it. You can tell whose care they were in, right? Someone who didn't care for them. But God is an adequate provider. He is the one true provider. And that's the title of today's message and today's podcast episode. It's provider by name, provider 
by nature okay that is our god jehovah jireh the lord will provide and our lives should attest to that our lives should reflect that the same way my leaves you know attested to my lack of care our lives should attest to god's you know abundant care um, and god's provision all right so let's get into it So where did the name Jehovah Jireh come from? Basically, we have to go back to Genesis. I feel like you always have to go back to Genesis with these things. So if you can, um, pause the episode, read Genesis 22 verses 1 to 14. Um, I'm going to continue. But if, yeah, if you pause it and read that and then come back, you'll see that Abraham was being tested by God and was told to sacrifice his son like his one son that he loved God had told him to sacrifice him as soon as he was about to do it the angel of the Lord said no 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 no. I've seen I've seen that you you know you were going to obey me um but you don't need to and then Abraham saw a ram caught in the bushes and that was you know God's provision God provided the sacrifice for Abraham and so Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh and called that place the Lord will provide and to that day um the word says on that mountain the Lord will provide So God, Jehovah, provided the sacrifice for Abraham, right? And Abraham attributed this character trait, Jireh, to God's name, Jehovah, in order to hone in on God's ability to provide for us. Now, as as well as that being an amazing story, full stop, did you know that the Hebrew word for Jireh, which is pronounced Ra'ah, apparently, um, has many connotations and usages, right? So we we use it as provider and, and that's pretty adequate and that's, it makes sense but there's so many nuances within its definition the main one before provider the main one being to see to perceive to understand experience to regard then to provide right so the breadth and the magnitude of gyra this word gyra is huge all right and this same word ra'a was used when Hagar was pregnant and ran away from Abraham and Sarah, right? So again, Genesis 16, read the full story there. But particularly verse 13, right, says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. All right, so when she's saying CCC, that's the word Ra'a, which is the word Jira. okay? So that primary use of the word is associated to seeing. So yes, we use Jehovah Jireh as the Lord will provide, but it quite literally translates to the Lord will see to it. Hagar was running away from her mistress alone and pregnant and God saw to her. Abraham was about to sacrifice his son. God saw to it that he had a sacrifice. So God sees our circumstances. He sees our needs and then he sees to them. Right. So that phrasal verb to see to literally means to deal with, to take responsibility for someone or something, to do something that has to be done. So it's a whole process to see, to perceive, to be aware of, to understand. Then to see to is to attend to what you've just been aware of and understood. So we need to understand that God sees our needs. He's aware of them. He understands them. And then he sees to them. He attends to them. He provides so that word provides that we like to use and attach to God it's literally a whole process of him seeing our needs and attending to them provision notice that the word provide is not the same as give 
See, when you give something, it simply speaks to the fact or the act, I should say, of passing something from me over to you. I possess something, I'm giving that possession over to you, right? That's give, it's very simple. But to provide implies that there is a need, that there is lack somewhere and and it's now being met to, right? God is now seeing to it. And I thought about a dinner party as a concept. If I just said to my friend, okay, I'm going to give you some bottles of wine. That doesn't imply that she hasn't got any bottles of wine. I'm just going to give her some. I've got some and I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to pass that possession onto her. If I said to my friend now, oh, you're having a dinner party, I'm going to provide the wine. That implies that there maybe isn't any wine, that the sole provider of wine will be me. I'm the one providing it. There will be no other wine unless I give it. I will provide the wine, right? So there's a difference there between give and provide. God is not just a giver. He, he gives good gifts, yes, but he's not just a giver. He is a provider because he sees that need and he meets it. So let's look at some examples in the Bible where God provided. The first and one of my favorites is Exodus, right? We've got two in Exodus. We've got Exodus 13, 21 where God provided a pillar of cloud to guide the Israelites um, by day and a pillar of fire to guide them by night. God saw the need for them to have protection and guidance and he met it. Yeah, he didn't just give them light and give them the pillar. He provided it because there was a need there and there was a need that was met. There was a need that was seen and seen too. Again, Exodus 16, the Lord the Lord saw the Israelites grumbling because of their their need for food and you know the food and their diet being different to how it was in Egypt etc etc so God provided manna again provision he didn't just give it to them there was provision there and then I personally love this one Joshua chapter 6 verses 1 to 5 the walls of Jericho okay verse 1 literally says the gates of Jericho were securely barred no one could go in or out how were the Israelites going to break this down there was a need. They needed to know how they were going to do it. God met their need because he saw that they needed that and he provided the plan. He said to Joshua, listen, you guys, you need to walk around it seven times. You need to be in this order. You need to blow this trumpet at this time. And God provided that plan. So I think it's important that we don't limit God's provision to just money and like physical things. You need to understand that God provides everything. He might provide you just with emotional support. He might provide you with strength. He might provide you with intangible things. Either way, he sees your needs and he meets them. Okay, God provides. Remember I said that my five different plants had five different types of needs, right? My mum had to help me understand that. (laughs) And I said that we are the same. We have different needs and that's what God sees to, amen. But one thing I noticed about my plants' needs is that they often vary depending on the season. So for example, my cacti and, you know, in general, um, baobab, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, trees, they store water within themselves, so in their leaves and in their trunks, for dry seasons and dry months because they know that their need for water will be greater in those dry months so they have to store it they are aware that they're you know the seasons will impact their need and impact their resources but for me i had to realize that this is the power and the significance of jeremiah 17 7 to 8 because the bible is literally telling us that regardless of the season you're good If God is the one you trust in, if your confidence is in him, Jehovah, and in in his character as a provider, then regardless of the season, regardless of the changes in your needs, you will be fine. They will be met. They will be seen to. 
No fear when the heat comes, no worries in years of drought, you're good. And why is that? Because you trust in God and your confidence in his, is in him. And what is it in him for? Your confidence is in him to provide. Your confidence is in him to see to your problems. Because God will see the fact that, hey, oh, in this dry season, you need water and he'll see to it. He'll see that maybe in a season that's too hot, you need shade, he'll see to it. Whatever your need is, God will see to it. And that is the significance of Jeremiah 17, 7 to 8. It's not just saying that you have to send your, your roots out to God. That's very valid and we discussed that in the last episode. But I realised that this is speaking to God providing our, um, providing and seeing to our needs. That is our confidence. That's why we trust in him. That's why we're good regard- regardless of what the season's saying, regardless of where I'm at, I'm good. Why? Because I serve a good God and I trust him and my confidence in is, is in his ability to provide. That is my confidence. And that's literally why Jesus says, do not worry. You know, I'm going to read um, Matthew 6 verses 25 to 34, which says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own literally I just love that it says your heavenly father knows you need them and remember that was the original context and the original definition of gyra to see to know to understand to perceive God sees the need he knows you have them and the fullness of that character trait of his is that he will see to it he will attend to those needs that he has seen and that he knows about that is our confidence we do not need to worry we're good Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like to push the boat a little bit. Um, and it's not that I want to test God, um, but, you know, I don't believe in blind faith. I've, I believe that my my God and, you know, the gospel is solid enough for me to ask questions and for those questions to be answered. And so I asked the question, I said, God, well, why are you our provider? Like, I get that that is your character trait, but why? Like, what qualifies God to be a provider specifically? I know bold audacious I get it but I asked the question and look at what scripture God led me to Psalm 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it Hebrews 3 verse 4 says for every house is built by someone but God is the builder of everything and then Genesis 1 verse 1 says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth literally you can trust God to be the provider that he says he is because he created everything he created it all like <laughs> of course he can provide he created everything and I love this um analogy that Jackie Hill Perry spoke to and she basically to just 
cut a very long story short is that she bought a lamp from this like boutique lamp store right so they didn't create the lamp they were just selling it she bought it from them she took it home there were issues she took it back to the shop they tried to help as best they could but eventually they were like look we can't sort these problems out we can't meet your need you need to go to the person who created the lamp in order to fix it and literally that is a word for this sermon there are needs that we have that this world will never be able to fix for us it will the world will never be able to meet our needs okay we have to go to the creator we have to go to the original maker the world is literally the shop (laughs) if you need me to break it down further and yes it can be a a, a good interim for the time being but for those needs that really need solving you will always have to go to the creator the world is not adequate it's an inadequate provider we have to go to jehovah jireh the one true provider the one who sees our needs and the one who sees to them So at this point in the message, we know and understand that God is a provider and we've just explored why he's a provider, right? Because he's the creator of the world. But how do we apply this to our lives? Like, how do we live like we know and understand that God is a provider? I want to encourage you to take root in God. So similarly similarly to last week, but just in a, from a different aspect, take root in in God so the definition of taking root is to literally grow and draw nourishment from the soil through its roots it means to to become fixed and established how do we live a life that shows that hey I know that God's a provider I know why he's a provider I know how he's a provider how do we do that we send our roots out to the stream like we said last week and we become established in him we draw our nourishment from him our livelihood from him we take root in him remember we said that you know we don't have to look at the environment that we're in even though the heat comes you know we can remain green why is that that only happens if we have roots and Jesus tells us this in Matthew 13 verse 6 he says when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root being rooted in God will allow us to remain green even when the um, even when the heat comes and you know it's not too late some of you may, like me may feel like it's too late like I've leaves are brown leaves leaves are dead but don't worry because I found out that plants can always be brought back to life if they have living roots isn't that incredible as long as the roots are intact as long as the roots are alive a plant can be brought back to life meaning that even if our leaves are brown even if we're withered because of what the world has put us through as long as we are rooted in God as long as our roots are alive in him we will be able to be brought back to life and that reminded me of Jesus Now, I don't know if I've said it on any podcast episode before now, but I definitely say it in my sermons when I'm preaching at church. Everything I preach on, teach on, speak about, it always boils down to Jesus. And this message is no different. 
okay Jesus clearly had his roots in God so when he died on that cross when he entered that tomb it didn't mean the end Jesus was still rooted in the power of God the soil of God and he raised to life again we can too and Jesus is also the one true vine and we're his branches so we have direct access to his nourishment to his nutrients you know and lastly you know remember how God provided the land for Abraham and that was the very reason Abraham called God Jehovah Jireh in the first place that was foreshadowing what God would do again on Calvary God provided the ultimate lamb the ultimate sacrifice for all of us God didn't just give us Jesus he provided us with Jesus because there was a need we were condemned we were unrighteous we were slaves to sin we needed atonement we needed salvation God provided us with Jesus because God is the provider of all things what do you need right now what are your needs right now I implore you, trust that God will provide. Be confident that God will provide and watch your leaves remain green. Watch how you continue to bear fruit when you put your confidence and trust in this fact that God is a provider, that he sees your needs and he sees to them. Watch how God provides the way, the answer, the solution, whatever it is you need. And I just want to leave you with this. Ephesians 3 verses 16 to 19. And it reads, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide, long, high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Isn't that stunning? How wide, how long, how high, how, how deep? Does that not sound like a tree to you? <laughs> it sounds like a tree to me. Let us be rooted and established, taking root in love, in Christ, and in Jehovah Jireh, our provider by name, but our provider by nature. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I pray that this blessed you. Until next time. Bye.